Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the Build Up here on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks, our weekly podcast where we get you hyped for the sporting weekend. My name is Mark Farley and as always, I am joined by Mick McCarthy. Mick, how's the form? Hello, Mark. I am great, Mark. We're about to enter into a Champions League bonanza for the next four nights and then there's three nights after that at some point and there is a crap load of sport on at the weekend and I'm feeling very good about things. Is that, football, is that, football it's season, a nice day today. Yeah, there's that too and the fact that the football season looks like it's never ever going to end. Like, well, it's officially not, I mean, because we've just started the Scottish season with two or three games in and providing that doesn't all get cancelled, which could happen. You know, we've yep. got enough to talk, and the Irish, she's not never forgetting football right here on our home shores, Mark. I was about to say, the Rovers are uh, sauntering, hope, perhaps, I nearly said hopefully there, towards, uh, towards <laughs> the first title in a long time. Um, but yeah, so we've got that to keep us going, and then before we know it, the Premier League will be back. Yeah, exactly, but poor old Wolves there seemed last night as if they, had, they, they looked every bit of a team that's been playing for, what is it now? They've pretty much been playing for over 12 months on the trot <laughs> by the lockdown. Um, they're out of their feet. But it, yeah, it's an exciting week of Champions League stuff. We've got the, the football festival uh, coming up and then we've got, uh, what else we've got this weekend? There's GA, there's a lot of group games now, or group, groups being decided, final games at the group in uh, a lot of championships around the country, especially the Dublin Football Championship. It was really interesting that to be on TV this weekend. Uh, there's boxing this weekend, Eric Donovan and Carl Frampton fighting. We're going to be talking to Jason Quigley uh, on the podcast today about that, getting hyped for those games, or those Matt, those fights, I should say, this weekend. And we're also going to be chatting GA with PJ Brown. We're going to be talking about the Champions League, of course. We've got one, two, three. We've got the big shout. Mick, your big shout did not come off last week, but you kept things interested in the PGA Championship. I, I'd say I'm not going to get two cakes in a sports biography for it, Mark, but I think at the very least I deserve a slice of Black Forest Gatto. Because yeah, or a, if anybody you know, was following a French fancy or something, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, or even just like a, a you know a, a bog standard bun, you know, bog like, standard bun and the uh, uh, acknowledgement section out of an autobiography. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly. Yeah, a future biography that, of somebody who um, who made a career out of big shouts, who were, was inspired by my golf big shout, where I picked four players to finish in the top twenty, and only one of them finished there in the end. Mark, but if you were going into Sunday morning. Uh, Roy McIlroy was the furthest back and as I did mention on last week's show he was the guy who you would expect to be far back on a Sunday and then just go and tear through the course looked like he was probably going to do it at one stage he didn't Shane Lowry ended up collapsing and uh, you know towards the end of his round and um, Webb Simpson as well they didn't get into the top 20 but they were all there or thereabouts uh, Sunday morning and look it's not the only thing you can ask for all you could ask for is a win but it's not far off I suppose yeah, we had a bit of fun. It was it was definitely interesting. To, uh, it kept us all interested. Everyone we talked about, really, there was some storyline about them going into yeah. the weekend. There were lots of different lads. And some of the lads that me and you had mentioned ourselves, Mick, but we weren't confident enough. Yeah. Uh, to, Look, to, I, uh, I, I, I didn't back him. Um, I didn't uh, in any way even uh, advocate him. But the fact that I brought up Colin Marikawa in a question to Brian Kyo on last week's show suggests to me that I, I'm probably the real winner here. Colin Mark Howe has done okay out of last week, but because I mentioned him in a question before the event and brought him up out of nowhere, you know, really the only person who can take the full credit for it is me, Colin Mark Howe, maybe, you know, on the next level. 
There you go. If you want to listen to us on a weekly basis, drop subtle hints about who is going to win things <laughs> in different sporting events through the guys mentioning the question. Yeah, while, while actually advising others, which are just, of course, shows and horses we're throwing out there. You can subscribe to the podcast by searching the Build Up of Buzz Eddie and all good podcast apps. Please do rate and review the show while you're there as well. Like I mentioned, we'll be talking to PJ and Jason Quigley later on about, of course, GA and boxing. But first of all, first of all, let's get into the Champions League, Mick. Let's talk football here because we've got Four big games coming up over the next few days and then three more big games coming up straight away after that. I am very excited about it. Okay, I think this 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 uh, needs a name, you know. I think it needs to be kind of like, uh, you know, the yeah, li- something it. Lisbon. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something Portugal or the... Lisbon Treaty. Uh, the, Lisbon... the Lisbon Treaty. Okay, there we go. <laughs> a high point in Irish Lit- history. The Lisbon Litany of Football. Uh, yeah okay I'll take it uh, it's it's a bit too like a uh, that sounds like a European treaty actually um, but you know okay we'll we'll let, we'll let the listeners come up with that one or you know other people um, while we talk about the games because if, if only they you know it should be somewhere that starts with an F this should have been you know the Finland feast or something like that because it is a feast of football uh, starting off there's uh, the first two games tonight and tomorrow what about night the are- Portuguese plethora of football Okay, I prefer that. Plethora is a good word. It's a lot better than Lisbon. Although it's not Portuguese, it's more Portugal. So, Portugal's plethora of uh, For playoff football. football. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Portugal's plethora of playoff football begins tonight with uh, third place in Serie A, Atalanta, taking on the French champions, um, I suppose. is that is they, they ended up being the champions, even though the game, yep. they, it was cancelled after 28 we uh, 28 games, uh, Paris Saint-Germain. This one is interesting, right? Because this is the game I'm most looking forward to. It's on tonight, so apologies if you're listening to this on Thursday. And it's already happened that it was a boring nil-all draw that went to penalties after 120 minutes. But Atlanta are 12-5 to on Ladbrokes, right? And I'm not suggesting they're going to win the game. PSG are evens, and it's a 27-10 to for a 90-minute draw. I think those odds are too big, really, because... Here's here's what they've gone through in the last PSG. First of all, have had no football played. They've played basically two French cup finals. Didn't seem to matter too much to Lyon when they were playing Juventus last week. But um, Juventus are a funny team. Uh, they played they played Saint Etienne and beat them one nil in the actual French cup final. They played Lyon and beat them on penalties after a nil all draw in the um, League Cup final, which suggests they're not exactly firing on all cylinders since they've come back. They've played no other competitive games. They're just playing friendlies. Mbappe. Looks like he's out. Um, and then you're playing Atlanta, who came back from the lockdown. Just, sorry, actually, first of all, their Champions League format, right? They lost their first three games. They got one point from their first four games. But since the first, I don't know how they qualified in the group. But once they got past those three groups, or those three games, where they lost all four, they've played five Champions League games, including the last 16 games, and scored 14 goals. In Serie A this year, where they finished third, they scored 98 goals. 98 goals in Serie A. It's unbelievable. It's outrageous. You know, I think, I think Manchester City might be the only team in Europe that have scored more than them. I, I could be wrong on that, right? So they score goals all around the place, right? They do concede as well. But here's what they've done since lockdown. They've played 13 games in all competitions. They've won nine of them. They've drawn three and they've lost one. And that one was the last game of the season, of the Serie A season, the Inter Milan, a game that didn't really matter. Um, they weren't really going to be caught then. They were, they were a good goal difference lead over fourth place Lazio. So that's a good record 
I think 12 to 5 is too big. I think they've actually they've gone in. They're, what's it now, 23 to 10? But Yeah, slightly. Okay, very, very slightly gone in. Um, again, I'm not suggesting that they're going to win the game, but I think there's a load of question marks over PSG and Atlanta have, are a turned-around team. The only thing I would say working against them is they've been absolutely hammered in the Champions League twice this year. Uh, again, but that was a long mm. time ago. That was a long time ago. Uh, what's what really think? frustrating here is uh, you've kind of ruined my big shout because I have PSG in my big shout later on. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and like I really don't trust it anymore. <laughs> that was one of the nailed on things, and I can't find out how to replace it. Oh God! Um, do you really want? Do you really want your big shout over on a Wednesday evening, Mark? Yeah, like I'm looking at the thing I could possibly replace it with. I think is over three and a half goals in the game. What would I you like go it. for there? I like it. Now PSG have had, as I said, a nil all and a one nil. Uh, since they've come back. But in general, you wouldn't be surprised to see them score a few goals. They've got Neymar. They've got a general attacking outlook on the game. Um, yeah, I, think I, I like that, actually. I can't see Atlanta not scoring, and I also can't see them not conceding. I'm putting that in on the fly. I'm changing my big wow. shirt for later on. This is later uh, based on. Based on your argument, Mick. Okay, if, let's... If, if PSG win this 1-0, uh, my big show ends up coming off. Oh, you're going to have a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've... Uh, okay, I'll give you one cake and a half a biography uh, if, uh, if that actually happens out of my own pocket, Mark. Thursday night, right? Uh, again, two teams we haven't seen. Orbi Leipzig against Atletico Madrid. Uh, we've had third place in Serie A. Now we have third place in the Bundesliga against third place in La Liga. RB Leipzig 9-4, Atletico Madrid 13-10. I think this is a little bit more fair. Of course, Leipzig hammered um, Tottenham in the last round. But since they've come back from uh, lockdown, obviously Germany came back in earlier than anybody else. They've been finished a while as well. So they might be a little bit, um, I suppose, cold. But they've, um, hard to beat, but they've only won four of their 10 games. They drew yeah, no five. No team of Werner either, obviously. Exactly. So as I was about to say, so team of Werner, like, not being there, pretty big deal for a club like that. Look, not to say that they can't um, that they can't uh, uh, pull off a result, but I would say draw over ninety minutes might. This might be the most likely game to go to extra time because Atletico, who also finished third, uh, have won seven, drawn four, and lost none of their games since uh, since they've come back. So of their of both teams, twenty one games, there has been nine draws. Um, since they've come back. So there you go. Just take that. I, I have less to say on that game than most others, Mark. Uh, the one thing I would say is that, isn't this, the way this works out, it's Atletico Madrid and Leipzig are playing the winners of PSG, PSG and Atlanta. And, yeah. and Atletico Madrid are 8-1 to win the Champions League. Now, I'd like to see what they are to get to the final because like, that's probably more likely, but at the same point, if you're looking for someone from that side of the draw, even though PSG are on Labrix, they're 5-1 to win it out, I would rather Atletico Madrid. I think they're more dependable. They've gotten to the final before. Um, you can see what they did to Liverpool. There's no reason they can't. Like Their, their style of play, you'd imagine, even though some, you know, like obviously it requires a lot of energy, but they can just sit back and soak up pressure and get you in the counter-attack if you get to us if, if they end up in a final against the likes of a Man City or Bayern Munich or Barcelona whoever it is so it's just that just interests me looking further ahead yeah. they were to, I, think they, I think they'll beat Leipzig um, I think then 
they'll David beat whoever. Round, I think yeah. they'll. I think yeah. I think they'll make the final. You, so, uh, you make an interesting point there, Mark, and I don't disagree with you at all. Actually, I think you make a very very good point there. But what's mad about this, and what shows you how weird this Champions League thing is, where we're so used to the Champions League going over months. By the time we next speak to you next Wednesday. We will know <laughs> which of that side of the draw is in the Champions League final, which is kind of incredible. The second half then, Friday night, right? This game, I can't wait for this game. Like Barcelona against Bayern Munich. Now listen to these odds. Bayern Munich are evens. Barcelona are 12 to 5. You know? It's a good bit over 2 to 1. Same price we were talking about with Atlanta earlier. I don't know. Like this is... Um, I say, I say that's too much. <clears throat> and then I look at Byron's record. Uh, not, not even just the Chelsea game where they dispatched of them over both legs. But since lockdown, they've played 11 games, Mark. How many would you say they've won? Oh, I don't know. Tell me. They've won 11 games, Mark. Oh, I was going to say 11. <laughs> yeah. They've won every game they've played uh, since they come back. They've been absolutely unstoppable. Like Chelsea are Chelsea, but they looked... And, and weren't the most motivated and had a lot of injuries and knew they were gone out of the tie and players leaving and their season was over. But my God, Bayern killed them. And, you know, it's got to be very, very, very difficult for Barcelona. Messi's an injury doubt. I think he'll make it, but that's worrying. Um, it's hard to see how Barcelona can actually win this game with the current team that they have, other than they're the best footballer ever who might just do something magical like he did the other night. Barcelona, since they've come back, obviously they've had some bad defeats, but it wasn't as bad as you think, if you know what I mean. They, I think they lost to Osasuna, and uh, you know they, they, it didn't go great for them, but they've um, they won eight, drew three, and lost one. It's not that bad, you know, even oh. though it's by Barcelona standards. Yeah, um, they're still well capable of beating Bayern Munich. I think this one, though, you just sit back and enjoy the game. This could be another one that could be a lot of goals in. Um, yeah. You hope so. I, I don't I know. Call I, like, gonna win it. My worry would be the likes of just the, the defense that Bayern Munich have, I think will be very well set up to handle a rather old Barcelona forward line. Suarez and Messi with Griezmann kind of like taking up space uh, in an unknown space behind them um, yeah. at the moment, which is, it seems to be the way he's playing. Uh, right. Man City and Leon. This is the most one-sided, at least according to Ladbrokes with City four to one on. And Leon 11 to 1. Now, I watched a good bit of Leon and Juventus because the Bayern Munich game was, or the Real Madrid and Man City game was kind of fizzling out. And I don't know if they should be 11 to 1. But let me tell you something about In a one off game. In a one off game, exactly. Yeah, to win over 90 minutes. Now, we know that City have lost three games since they came back from lockdown. Like they lost to Southampton, uh, they lost to Arsenal in the FA Cup semi final, and they lost another game that's escaping me right now. But, you know, oh, the Chelsea game that, that won Liverpool in the league. Uh, but other than that, they've played in. Uh, sorry, they've played all, overall in thirteen games. Won ten of them, lost three. Scored thirty-eight goals. They've had four five-nil wins, and two four-nil wins in that time. See, that's the thing, though. Man City, when they're on top of you, they'll you know they run all over you. But like, if they, they don't get on top, top of you, yeah. yeah. Like, it's funny that way they're such heavy favourites for the Champions League compared to like the likes of a Barcelona who have a similar probably actual form, as you were saying, in terms of actually, yeah. if you just look at it, wins and losses. Well, City have lost the most games City. of any of these teams by a good yeah. by miles, like, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, now, it is interesting it, that way. I know the Premier League's a lot more competitive, but... And, it, and it's not necessarily more competitive. I don't think the stats would actually 
uh, bear that out. But what it is was over. Yeah. You know, and much like Leipzig, that you'd be wary of taking too much from their form. Um, they didn't have too much to play for. And really, City had nothing to play for. And when they did, they went out and hammered Liverpool 4 0. You know, and they just had a few off nights. But uh, I suppose well, they, they had something to play for in the FA Cup semi final and lost that well. So that's, that, you know, that you can definitely take that um, as a true form line. I think you're right, though. I think that City don't, like, look, another thing is that Leon have played two games, the French League Cup final that they lost on penalties to PSG and the game that they actually technically lost the Juventus uh, 2-1 and were hanging on uh, towards the end. Memphis Depay is in good form, back from a cruciate. They only finished seventh in Ligue 1, but I don't think you should take too much out of that. I think they're massive underdogs, but 11-1. to 1. Draws 9-2 to two yeah. as well. So you could totally, you could, you could lay City as well against getting a, a win on that um, if you were looking at it anyway I think that's one of the more interesting um, games if City does score early I'll, as you say there you know no uh, I was sorry I, just, just to clarify here in case anybody's listening and this advice this is mixed advice <laughs> I'm talking about Man City overall to win the Champions League I think they're definitely going to beat Leon. would you say Leon are like Leon knocked out Juventus they wouldn't be a mile behind a team like Arsenal or a team like Southampton. Yeah. I'd say they'd probably know. be better than Southampton, you know? Um, you're definitely arguing, like, I definitely am more interested in this game now, based on what you're saying. But, like, yes. we, they're up in 1 2 3. Uh, so, you're going to have to uh, pick it tell in us. A get off the, yeah, exactly. And tell us where you're going for this one. But I still think Man City are going to win it. I okay. just do. Well, think- forget about predictions because we'll do 1 2 3 in a minute. All I'm saying is that tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night, and Saturday night, We've Champions League quarterfinals every night of the week, and they're all worth watching. There's no, there's no game there. You've you've made the argument there. There's no game that you, that you could say is uh, is done and dusted. Um, so no, no, no game's done. Well, yeah. If City score after five minutes, and you want to watch a film on Saturday night with your family, yeah. that they're not coming back then. If that's the case, you know. Exactly, and also there's, uh, <laughs> there's a, exactly there's a big GA match going on around that time as well. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, it is. Let's get, let's jump straight into one, two, three here, Mick, because they do pop up as you mentioned. Yes, Labrook's one, two, three time. It is your chance to win a hundred euro cash by correctly predicting the score of three of this weekend's football matches. As we mentioned that Man City and Leon run it. The other two are Hibernian and Motherwell and Livingston against Rangers this weekend in the Scottish Premiership. So you get one right here, lads. You get a euro free bet, you get two right, you get a five euro free bet, you get all three, you win yourself a hundred euro cash. It is free to play on labrix.com. Mick, what are you going for this week? Let's oh, start we, off with... Got Sorry, one go right ahead. last week, got my one euro free bet. You last me off the podcast when I predicted that Bayern Munich would beat Chelsea 4-1. Uh, did you listen to last week's podcast? Because I also went for 4-1. <laughs> oh, that's Chelsea. why you laughed. Don't you remember I just that forgot week? about that. <laughs> <laughs> we both had gone for the same result, 2-1 for Napoli, or Barcelona and Napoli, it ended up in 3-1. We had both gone for Bayern Munich and Chelsea to be 4-1. That ended up 4-1. And then I think I went for 3-0 Celtic against Kilmarnock, and you maybe went for 3-1 or I something around that. one-all, yeah. Neither of us went for a one-all draw anyway. But we were only one goal off a five-euro free bet, Mick. I know, I know. Someday, Mark, the dream is still there. Um, this week, though, is a little bit hard, I have to be honest. I don't follow the mid-table clubs in the Scottish Premiership as much as I should. Maybe now they've got the extra uh, European places in the European in the UEFA coefficients. Maybe Scottish football is all the rage again, and uh, you know they're in the they're in the uh, news a lot at the moment for various different reasons. 
and also they're going to be the only football show in town except for the League of Ireland soon. So I think if you ask me this in a few weeks, I'll have a better uh, idea. But right now, are we looking at Hibs and Motherwell first? Yeah, Hibs and Motherwell first. Okay. Well, this is the one I, I've done in the video. Hibs are three out of three, uh, which is exciting. It's like the old times at Easter Road. Uh, Motherwell are playing tonight, but they've lost their first two games. Look, sure, why, won't, why, why can't Hibs keep it up? A 1-0 win over their one old nil. rivals, Motherwell. I'm going 2-0 here for Hibs to start okay. us off. Then okay. second game like, up. Just eventually, you kind of feel like these teams, like, you know, when they're top of the league and they shouldn't be, I suppose. I'd be yeah, very worried about a slip down. up here, but at the same time, you have to go with the form. Especially when it's like they're back into such from... Like the one thing I wonder with these games... Is it going to start taking a toll injury wise as you've seen on the continent? Uh, because they've kind of come out of nothing for so long to then be playing yeah. uh, midweek and then playing again at the weekend. But anyway, Man City against Leon in the Champions League, as we mentioned earlier. I'm going straight in with this one Man City 4, Leon 1. <laughs> uh, I was going to say 4 0 for all my talk of 11. 4 0. You spent the last 20 minutes talking Leon up as if they're going to win the Champions League, I the Europa League, and the Club World didn't, Cup. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I just said that there's, there's a game that can play out here where Man City could struggle. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. And as I also pointed out, when Man City beat teams, they bloody beat teams. They've had four 5-0 wins and two 4-0 wins. That's out of the six, six out of their 13 games that they've played uh, since the lockdown. So I think City are going to win handily enough in the end. 4-0. Four, 4-0, four nil. Four nil, I've got it 4-1. And then finally, Livingston against Rangers, Mick. What are you going over here? Rangers, 2 Livingston nil. Livingston nil, Rangers two. Livingston nil, Rangers two. I'm going for it. Right, they're playing, I think both of them are playing tonight, Wednesday night. Um, so you're kind of going back to the first couple of games to get the form guide here. But interestingly, in the two games so far, opening game of the season, Livingston played St. Mirren. Uh, St. Mirren beat them 1-0. Then Rangers played St. Mirren. They beat St. Mirren 3-0. So ipso facto. You add up the scores. Rangers are going to win this game 4-0. There you go. <laughs> You're going That's for hammerings all over the place. Yeah, I've gone 2 0, 4 1, 0 4. Okay. And You've I've gone, gone 1 0 to Hibs, 4 0 to City, and 2 0 to Rangers. Well, there you go. You can get onto labbrooks.com right now and play 1 2 3 yourself. It's free to play. You could win yourself 100 euro cash. And next up, you could win yourself two cakes and a sports biography in our big shout. All right, hold it. Stay. Just hold it, Alan. Push him out. Steady, David, don't. Get round! No, no, don't! Bloody! Yes, big shout time. Your chance to win two cakes and a sports geography. All you have to do is come up with a prediction for the weekend that's 25 to 1 or greater on labbrooks.com. Email it to the gaffer at balls.e. Put the big shout in the subject line. And if it comes off, you will win yourself that coveted prize, those two cakes and that sports geography. We've only given it away twice on the show so far. Mick tried last week. He couldn't get it. This week, I'm back in the hot seat. At some stage, this is going to have to come off. So, Mick... Mark. Tell me you have no Formula One this week. No Formula One this week. There is no Formula One on. I have no uh, random lads to get into the top three uh, based purely off passion and nothing to do with the cars themselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to drive really fast today. Uh, <laughs> but we'll have, this is, this is going to be a quick one because we've talked an awful lot with these already. But okay. it's fourfold. Uh, three that I think are definitely going to happen. Uh, and then one that's based more, we'll, we'll learn in the while when we chat to Jason Quigley if it will happen, if there's a possibility it could happen. I'm doing this more out of patriotism. And uh, knowing what the 
than <laughs> patriotism and the fact that I was stuck for something that was decent odds, knowing rather than uh, knowing what's going to happen. But uh, so first up, we mentioned it earlier on Atalanta against PSG. I originally had said PSG for this one. I changed my mind based on what you were saying, Mick, to go with over three and a half goals in the game at thirteen to ten. So this actually. I, I'm not saying PSG odds. aren't going to win this game, Mark. I want you to know that. I'm not saying it. I oh, was saying okay. that Atalanta were too yeah, generous. You gave me the heebie-jeebies. You scared okay. me that off. So, and it's, anyway, it's better odds. So look, we're better off anyway. Uh, then next game up, Atletico Madrid against Leipzig. Atletico Madrid are 13-10. to 10. I think that's mad. Uh, I think Atletico Madrid are going to win it. So I've got them in this. And then Man City against the uh, Man City to win at 4-1 on. Uh, so that was that's just one to beef it up. It's actually one I could take out here now if I was being <laughs> if I was being careful. I would imagine. Let me just see what happens here. Should I take it out? I have Mark, never you do what you want. Oh, I take it out. This this big shout has changed on the fly more often twice now, <laughs> this yeah. week. Yeah, twice <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. Because when I take them out, it brings my t- my total down to twenty five point four to one without the odds boost boost on Labrooks. When you include the odds boost, it is. 27.999, so 28 to 1, basically, uh, for a treble. You've only heard two parts of it so far, though, so let's just recap to give it the last change. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so, uh, over three and a half goals for PSG against Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, Atletico Madrid wow. to beat Leipzig. And finally, to round off the treble, Eric Donovan to beat Zelfa Barrett this weekend at 4 to 1, which at the odds boost is 17 to 4. Like I said, will it happen? I don't know. I really like Eric Donovan. Uh, I really, really, really hope it does happen. Yeah. Uh, I saw Eddie Heron react. You know, the lads, him and um, Bellew yesterday were chatting and they were saying, Tony Bellew were chatting, that that Donovan is of the standard that he could well, he has the ability to go in and back this up. So at four to one, this is really exciting. Like I was saying, we're going to talk to Jay quickly in a while and see what will happen. But that's it. It's a bit of an interesting one. Uh, I think two will definitely happen. Hopefully very comes off. Then you're giving me, it's given me a 28 to one Big shout winner. The first time one of us will have ever won it, Mick. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> I'll wait and see a little bit more. Um, I'm with you <laughs> on Eric Donovan. I think that's brilliant. Uh, I love the way you've decided that the other two are bankers when one of them needs four goals in a Champions League match. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an Atalanta game, so, uh, you know, maybe you're true. right. <laughs> uh, let me look. I can't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but bear with me for one second here because I want to, what was the Atalanta uh, Valencia it was a 4-3 in the second 16. leg and 4-1 in the first leg. Yeah, so it was 8-4 in yeah. aggregate. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Uh, so that's my big shout. You can send yours to the gaffer at Buzz.e. Send them in for the weekend. Get them in ahead of uh, time. If it comes off, you'll win yourself two cakes and a sports biography. Let, up next, we're going to chat to Jason Quigley. Let's see if Eric Donovan can indeed beat Zelfa Barrett. We're delighted to be joined now by Jason Quigley for a big weekend for Irish boxing. We've got Eric Donovan against Zelfa Barrett on Friday night. Then we've got Michael Conlon against Sofiane Takut. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Uh, I think it's Conlon anyway, that's how you pronounce it. Um, and Darren Taylor <laughs> against Karen Frampton on Saturday. Uh, we start off with uh, Eric Donovan fight, Jason, because this is one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the two lads, I was watching a bit of uh, the press conference earlier on there, and I didn't know if they were going to fight each other Friday night or go out for a date together. They seem to be very affable, but they're both really committed. Donovan such an interesting character I can't wait to see it yeah this is going to be um, I think there's going to be an exciting fight for Irish fans because Eric has really bust back onto the scene in recent years and has really turned his life around in many ways as well and you know 
he did everything right. He's took all the right paths and he's at this stage now. This is his chance. You know, this is the one now that all the years, all the hard work, everything like that, this can be his breakout fight now. And, um, you know, I know that Eric is going to go in for this 110%. And don't get me wrong, look, he's, he's definitely going to be the underdog. Do you know what I mean? Zelfa Barrett is an unbelievable talent. He worked his way up through the ranks with Frank Warren and just got to that pinnacle, left Frank Warren and is with Matchroom now. And this is his big breakout fight for Matchroom. So the two of them have to get in there and have to perform to their best. And it's all about which man is going to go in there and put in the performance of his career and which man isn't. That is going to determine the winner. Yeah, Donovan, we're just saying on Labrooks is four to one. What do you think about that? Is that kind of where you'd be seeing it's going fairly evenly priced or is the right price or is it that you know, is that a, a good value bet maybe? I actually got a text off one of my mates just before we came on telling me those <laughs> odds and she's going to put a few pounds on Donovan. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, without a doubt, Eric is, um, Eric is definitely a brilliant bet at that price. Um, he's got a lot of experience. He's getting into the ring with Delphi Barris, who is a real boxer. He, he's a bit of a... He would remind you of Prince Nassim in terms of likes to keep the hands low, is very flashy, everything like that there. It's going to be an interesting fight because of that reason, because Eric is such... He has such an instilled amateur style in him through his years of boxing. He's traveled the world, been in Europeans, world championships. He's been up against them all, different styles, everything like that. But I think Delpha Barrett's style is going to suit Eric more than a probably come forward inside type fighter. And I think that that's what's going to make the fight interesting. Everybody that I've heard on the UK side of the water thinks that Zelfa Barrett's going to win comfortably and things like that there. But us Irish, we have a lot of belief in ourselves and our own people and especially our fighters. And I think that Eric can get in there and give Zelfa Barrett a lot of problems because of his experience. Like, you look at Eric's last fight. Eric boxed um, a lad that, I can't really pronounce the name, he's one of those foreign lads, but he boxed one of the lads that Ryan Burdett boxed in his career. This lad was never stopped before, and Eric stopped him. You know, Eric has really got to that stage now where he is performing, he is peaking at his best, and he's coming in with a good bit of form. Obviously, through lockdown, everything like that, everyone was a wee bit jaded and off everything, but on form-wise, Eric is coming in hot. But so is Elfa Barrett. So it is going to be a real, it's going to be a real mix of skills, come fight night. The two of them are both very technical, very good boxers, and it's going to be a great, great fight. I think that Eric will definitely cause him problems, but when you're going off the run of form, who they've all fought, everything like that there, I want Eric to win 100%. You know, I want Eric to get in there, do the job. Is he able to do it? Do I believe that he can do it? Yes, I do. Will he do it? is another thing, you know what I mean? I really want, I don't know what side of the fence I'm on here, is it because yeah. I know Eric and I want him to win so bad. 
Um, but when you're looking on paper through the record, the rankings, everything like this here, the bookies and everything like that will favour Barrett, you know. Um, but I can't, um, I can't tell anybody enough not to overlook Eric Donovan because he's <laughs> going to come in and uh, he's definitely going to cause Alpha Bar problems. Is it fair? He to seems to. So go ahead, Mick. Sorry, is it fair to ask if uh, Eric has kind of two, two wins, if you know what I mean, from from the fight, in that he can go out and win, which he'll believe he can do, and you believe he can do, and he can go out and maybe not get there, but both lads could be enhanced by the performance, and he could go to that next level, and he could get bigger fights on the back of it. Hundred percent. This is Eric's big chance. Like this is Eric's never fought on uh, a stage this big. Uh, Promotional-wise, TV-wise, everything like that. Opponent-wise, I think also there's going to be an IBF international belt on the line as well that's going to put him into the world rankings mm. if he can come away with that title. Um, this is definitely... Eric has nothing to lose here. You see on the bookies, the bookies have him an underdog. A lot of the pundits out there are going to have him as an underdog. But people are kind of forgetting about the experience that Eric has, you know... Um, the way that Eric can can handle fighters. Like, this isn't the part where you look at it and just say, one man's going to win or the other man's going to win. This is the part where when you look at it and you know Eric, you know who he's been in with in the past, amateur-wise and everything like that there, Eric knows his way around the ring. Eric can stay out of trouble, gets into trouble. He can clinch. He can do everything that an experienced fighter does to get through hazy spells of the fight. And I think that that's where the Eric's experience could come into this fight. I think that this fight is going to be a lot, lot closer than originally thought of by the majority of people. And Eric has absolutely nothing to lose in this fight. This is his chance. This is the big stage. All the pressure is going to be embarrassed. He just signed with Matchroom. This is his big showcase. And coming away from Frank Warren, signing with Matchroom, he has to go out and he has to impress and uh, the pressure's going to be on him. In terms of, is it, it's great to see like, Eric, the character as well, because we're so used to, he's so interested when we were listening to him any time here and Irish uh, airways. But like, when you see him now, over in the UK, like I was looking at Eddie Hare react to Tony Bedu yesterday as well. He's really taken, everybody's taken to him over there. So as Mick was saying, it's not just what he can do in the ring. It's also the fact that he will make fights interesting in the build-up. Yeah, of course. You know, Eric is such a great character. He's an interesting person. Do you know what I mean? And um, he's not your average boxer kind of personality. You could say, you know, Eric is a very interesting, a very mellow, very nice, you know, nice way about him. But in boxing, you kind of have to be like, split personalities or you do like it's, it's kind of one of those sports where you can be nice and friendly and everything like that outside the ring but you know once it comes to it and once you're making weight like press conference as you've seen you know he's nice and everything now in press conference everything like that there they're getting on well everything's nice and rosy but you know once it becomes even the weigh-in, whenever they're cutting a bit of weight you can see a bit of tension there um, whenever they get into the ring Whenever you look across, that man's there to take something away from you that you've worked for all your life. And that's when you can see people change and that kind of split personality come into place for you, Ken. 
And then, of course, on Saturday night, we've got Mick Conlon against Sofia Takuta and uh, Cara Frampton's up against Darren Taylor, our trainer. These uh, two fights are both 50-1 to one on uh, with Labrooks to win them, Conlon and Frampton. Is there anything, really, that you'd be watching out for here that you'd be wary of, or are they just fights to get them back, both kind of with bigger fights in mind down the line? The only the only flag that that can come in, the only red flag that I could see waving is if they take their eye off the ball completely in these fights. Because you have Carrot Frampton, like he's getting ready for a world title fight against Herring, you know what I mean? Like this is this is massive, you know, and it's so easy to take your eye off the ball for that fight that's coming up now against is it trainer? Trainer, yeah, it was changed again. It's such such a last minute change as well in the last week because yeah. of these problems. Trainer stepped in. Um, he's again his initial uh, with him pulling out so late. Wonderful trainer as well with such a short run into it. It's it's made it, made it even tougher for him. Yeah, so like the trainer is uh, he's got absolutely nothing to lose. You see, this is the thing about it. You know what I mean? He's got mm. absolutely nothing to lose. He's going to get in there. I've looked up at it. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't too sure of the guy before before the fight. Um, whenever the fight was announced, I looked him up. I wasn't really too sure of him. Looked at his record, you know, like on paper, you're like you can't put this lad into the ring with care. Like yeah. you know what I mean. But of course, at last minute, the way COVID, everything like that, you have to take everything into uh, consideration, and we understand this. But you know, Carl is a big favorite. He's definitely going to get in there. He's going to do a job. He's going to get him out of there. I would say early days, maybe maybe mid, maybe in around the mid um, the mid rounds. I think the car is probably going to get this guy out of there and uh, move on to the herring fight. But the only red flag that I can see is if he takes his eye off the ball completely, which Car I'm not sure will do. He's a professional athlete. He's professional mindset. Everything like that. I'm sure that he's going to take this fight 110 percent as if it was the world title eliminator fight. And um, I think he's going to get in there, do a job on trainer, and uh, come away with a stoppage one around the middle, middle rounds, four, five, or six. And then with Mick Conlon as well, you've got him against up against Safiyan Dakut, which I suppose another one is just take a side off. But he's probably more of a opponent he has to be wary of. He'd never been stopped, I don't think, before until uh, Josh Warrington beat him in the second round last year. This is probably Conlon's last fight at uh, featherweight before he goes down to super bantamweight and try and chase world titles there. That's probably a good move for him. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, this is this is uh this is a good name for Michael. He's been in with Josh Warrington, people know of him. Um Josh got him out of there relatively comfortably. And, you know, Michael, that's the only thing that this fight could look bad for on Michael's half is if Michael doesn't do the same type of a job. You know what yeah. I mean? Like because this is the way that people think. People are thinking Oh, Josh Warrington got him out of there in a few rounds. If, if Michael can't do that, then where does that leave him? You know, styles make fights. And that's the only thing that Michael and, and again, as he says, the same as Carl, they're both very professional, good professional mindset. They can't let this get inside their head. They have to understand that they're in there to do a job. They can't be worrying on, you know, what round they get them out of there doing a better job than Warrington. They have to get in there with the game plan that they've worked on with their team. They have to get in there, do the job, and obviously they do have to look well and put on a great performance because that's the way. This is show business as well at the end of the day. And people love to see 
good performances. People can't wait for a bad performance, so they start slating and everything like I see here. But that's that's part of the game as well. That's why people get up for it because ah, oh, he was rubbish in his last fight. He's brilliant in this fight. You know, it creates that atmosphere around boxing. That's what makes it so exciting. But I'm sure that Michael's going to get in there. He's going to do a good job, and um, I'm hoping that Michael can get the stoppage one. It would be great and would look great if he could get that stoppage one. Um, whether he's going to get it or not, I believe that he can and that he will. Um, I really do hope that he will as well. But this guy is experienced. He's been around the block. He's been in with Josh Warrington, everything like that there. He'll know his way around the ring, the ring as well, experience-wise. If he does get caught, if he does get hurt, if he gets put down, things like that, he'll know how to... He'll know how to get through a few rounds, get through a few hazy patches, and it's up to it's up to Michael not to let him do that. But it also, I did read an interview where Michael's opponent says that he's not just coming in there as a replacement. He's not coming in there as an opponent. He knows that if he gets in there and puts in a performance against Michael, that that puts him even higher up the ladder again. And this is the thing that the so-called opponents have to grab with both hands. They they know the opportunity that's in front of them, and that's why the A side can't take their eye off the ball. They need to be 100% focused, and the B side to grab their opportunity, they need to come in and they need to grab them with both hands. So that's what's going to make these fights interesting, even though on paper they're very wide margins. Mm. Um, Ladbrokes has some very wide margins as well. But it's up to the it's up to the B sides to come in now and uh, to really state their name. Yeah, well, hopefully we see a few good Irish performances at the weekend. Jason, thanks very much for taking the time to chat to us, and we'll chat to you next week about Katie Taylor and Delphine Pursuit. Hundred percent. Look forward to that one as well. Great stuff there from Jason. We are thoroughly looking forward to those two fights this weekend. But we are now also joined by PJ Brown on the line because we're going to talk some GEA. PJ. Fill us in on your week in GEA. This is one of my favourite parts of the show every week. It's uh, the adventures of PJ Brown in Club GEA. <laughs> you have new stories to tell, new things you're excited about each week. What is it this week? Uh, on Friday night, Mark, I w- I've looked out and kind of every time I buy a game, it seems to be a cracker of late. <laughs> I've, now that I say that, I'll probably end up jinxing myself and ending that run. But Friday night, no surprise, I watched a game at Gary Championship. Uh, it was Kinmare against Crokes. An obvious one to watch, but it, it, it was an incredible game. It was like the third time in a row Kimmer came back from the dead to win the game. They could have been, they could have been in a relegation battle year this year. Instead, they're in a, the senior club final. They were, six, they were six points down at halftime against Crokes, and they came back to win it with the last kick of the game for the second game in a row in the 68th minute. It's mad stuff. Do you think now, given the way that it is, that the Kerry Club Championship is benefiting from, like, what, which do you rather know, the Kerry Club Championship or the County Championship, if the Club Championship were to get pride to place every year being played at this time rather than, isn't it usually like round Well, it's usually played in April. This is the senior club final. You're thinking yeah. of the more kind of a divisional, like the North Kerry Championship or whatever there. That's the Stevens yeah. one, but... Maybe, yeah, maybe it would be. Um, I mean, th- th- there is always this debate in Kerry about, well, well, certainly, m- maybe it's more from people outside of Kerry wondering, should you still have these divisional teams? Because 
they push down. Um, you, you've only got eight senior teams in Kerry as a result, and you know that they're kind of like a a little bit of a throwback, and pe people kind of wonder, should you have them? And Kerry are so successful in the intermediate and junior all Ireland championships because of the, there were only eight teams in the senior championship. So all like all that because there were then like nine divisional teams, they pushed down yeah. uh, eight, eight teams into the intermediate yeah. and junior championship, which is kind of a little bit unfair to like to other counties. It's why you end up with like. Beaufort hammering, like destroying teams in an Orange Junior final, Kilcommon hammering teams in an Orange Junior final. It doesn't happen every year, but like if you look down through like the list of yeah, like yeah. the all time winners of those championships, Kerry like dominated. The only thing I'd say though is, is it not like, you know, we talked about it in Hurland. I think more, more club, more counties could do this because you've got like the GA should be a kind of an equal opportunities. Uh, organization as much as possible and if you're from a small town in the middle of nowhere you're very unlikely to ever be a senior team but you might have two or three great players who can go on and still win a county championship this way and senior teams represent them all like the Temple No lads won't be able to play for whichever uh, South Kerry or whatever this year the Kenmare District would be their, their the Kenmare team. District they won't be able to play for them now because they've actually qualified the seniors so they're kind of on their own now and if they can swim, they can swim. And if they can't, they'll go back and play for the district again. I think I think it's a brilliant system. I don't understand where the criticism comes from. I actually get your point about the overall all Ireland Championships, but I think that's secondary, really, to lads never having a chance to win anything if you go by the other way, you know? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of arguments for and against it. I mean, like, I think in the past, one of the reasons it would have been set up is to give players this chance to play senior championship football yeah. that they would not have without... Um, without these divisional teams and as a result they get a chance that they could be spotted by the carry management but like games are so accessible now and you know i don't think anyone is getting is miss is missing out on a carry panel because they play for a junior club now that that's just like not the case anymore. yeah but i suppose it's not just about playing for carry though is it like i mean there's like isn't it a fair opportunity to to win if you're a good enough player to play at a certain level, but you're from an area. It, it's keeping the ability to play for your club that you're from and not having to, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to suggest that everybody does this, but in Dublin, you know, transferring to a bigger club, if you're from somewhere that doesn't have a lot of tradition, is a fairly normal thing to do. And mm. I like that that's not the case and if you should be from your community. But at the same time, there's no point in you, if you're one of the best players in the country, you know, flutering around the junior championship for the rest of your life, and you could be winning senior senior championships. Anyway, I don't know. As you said, there's plenty of arguments for and against it. Yeah, there is something romantic to winning a, like a junior championship with your club if you're like a. Yeah, but they can still do yeah. that, can't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, yes, they can. Yes, yeah. yeah, they can. There is there is also this year. Um, so the Kerry the senior football championship, the one with the divisional teams, is starting in two weeks, I think it is, or it's around the twenty third, um, and. East Kerry this year, who won it last year, they destroyed Crokes in the final, will have, because Ratmore were relegated, they're even stronger this year. They, they looked kind of unbeatable, like nearly unbeatable towards the end. But now they've got Paul Murphy, the man of the match in 2014 all final, and the Kerry goalkeeper, uh, Shane Ryan, Shane Ryan. Coming, into their, coming into their team. So... <laughs> 
I didn't realize. Sorry, I didn't even realize that when I was asking that. I was. I thought once Kerry were done, now they're going straight into intercounty training and getting prepared. I didn't think they're going to play off the no, senior no. club championship as well. So Jesus, you got yeah. you got load. <laughs> this is this is just going to keep rolling on and on. There's loads of yeah. uh, Kerry. I, games I mean, like the, 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 this this has been great so far. I mean, like you know, you you think this is this is like a little trailer here to the to the to the actual watch everyone considers to be like the, what is the big competition in Gary like, yeah um, this is like like uh, I don't know what I heard, I'm trying to think of a, an, an even example where like Kerry Kerry club football is so good that you just need to make up different competitions and just run them off one after the other every time so it's like you may have won the county championship but now let's see what happens when we put you into the club championship <laughs> and then it's like and what about the regional district championships now <laughs> and not the region like WWE just every week a different storyline <laughs> Not to reopen old wounds, but it's very much like the Kilkenny Senior Hurling League. Probably. <laughs> last championship. It, it, it is a bit like that. It is like that. Uh, yeah, but this Friday night, it's uh, Kinmare against Stax in that, in that Kerry final. So uh, Stax topped the other group ahead of Dingle on points difference. Mm. So Stax, Stax won it last year, and that's why they ended up in the Munster Championship when uh, East Kerry beat Crokes in the Kerry Senior Football Championship final. Mark, not to go just, back just before we move on, though, but just on and one more thing on the Kerry Divisional Championship happening now in a couple of weeks. Like, if you think about Kerry seniors, and not to like, don't want to be always moving everything to inter county, but you know, the weird knockout championship that you have now, the you know, possibly being undercooked coming out of Munster these days when teams are used to so many games, you know. No harm having these lads having a full competitive championship yeah, up until the last minute, mm. whereas everybody else might be trying to wind it down a bit quicker to get more training. And I actually think they'll do Kerry a lot of good. Like. Mm. Uh, b- before we get off Kerry and move on to my uh, my new favourite box set, that is the Waterford Tino Hurling Championship. I was literally about uh, to say, people listening here will, uh, <laughs> will, will be forgiven for thinking that <laughs> PJ's favourite championship is Kerry, but we're going to move on to Waterford. But anyway, go on. Before before we move on to Waterford Hurling, we, we need to, the this weekend sees the it's the beginning of the most hotly contested championship of them all, the uh, Kerry Senior Hurling Championship. When uh, oh. Be- my, my club Belly Duff are taking on Belly High on Friday night as it gets underway. So uh, at half six on Friday, I will be watching Belly High versus Belly Duff, quickly followed by uh, whenever they actually get it up on on demand, Kimmer against Crokes. So yeah, the it's a to- I think it's pretty. Yeah, it's Knockout this year, the Kerry Hurling Championship. It uh, it should be good. It's it's always, yeah, it's uh, it's always robust. The hurling is robust. Yeah, blood yeah. and thunder. There are there are some very skillful players in there as well, but it, it is always hotly contested. So, uh, Causeway won it last year, first time in twenty one years. They beat Lixnar in the final. Lixnar the favourites this year, and. Uh, it, I, I like if if anybody like me is just like you, you're like looking for like a random game to watch. I, I highly recommend watching Kerry Hurling. It, it it's always fun. Good stuff. But your your box set, Monster oh, Hurling well, Championship. Mark, Mark, I, I I've really really gotten into the Water Hurling Championship. Sure. <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm into it big time. I'm I, like, I'm spending money left, right, and center. Like, I hope my I hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast so she'll find out how much money I'm spending on the Waterford on the Waterford Senior Hurling Championship. That Bally Gunner are just going to win in the end, anyway. There is that. I was thinking about that earlier. It was like, you know, 
if if I could have picked, I could have picked one where they, there is a less obvious winner, where you know <laughs> there is a team that haven't won it for like six, where it's like six or seven years in a row now, something like it's, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, some, it's something mad. Um, but uh, I'm still th- thoroughly entertained. Uh, on on Sunday night, finish work, and they're like, "What I do after uh, after a day of like covering J news? You know, what I'll do. I'll watch some hurling." From Waterford, <laughs> and I, I, I put on uh, Lismore against Dungarvan, and it was the final game of the of the group stages. What a what a mad game! Absolutely bonkers. Uh, it finished with six nineteen, six eighteen to four nineteen. It was a 10, 10 37 They put up Lismore won it. Um, it was just like a mad game. I don't know if I really like the scoreline. I mean, you would think that just that scoreline, you re- realise when you're watching it how crazy a game it is. But I was kind of like that. Do you like to say if you put a, if you, if you throw a frog into boiling water, then it'll jump straight back out. But I was like the frog that was, you know, sitting in the boiling water. It was just like... <laughs> not realising what's going on. Not realising just how crazy this game was until the end, perhaps. Um, yeah, it was March and again, I think he got like one thing. Lismore won the game. So they're, they're into the quarterfinals. They're playing uh, the quarterfinals around this weekend. Um, but I, one of the things I kind of really enjoyed about this is, you know, you see, you see, like you get these intercounty players who are. So this weekend there was like Patrick Kern for um, for Dungarvan, and he's kind of like some, someone you know from the Waterford team. But now you get to see him is he's, he's become more of a prominent role for yeah. say for Dungarvan, and like you, you kind of you really get the see what he's capable of and that he's yeah. kind of one of the leaders on this I team. I love that. And yeah, he kind of really enjoyed it. Like him trying trying to take over a game. He was it was it was like do you see like um like a to continue my box set kind of film TV uh, analogies here. It's like do you like when you see like a, a bit part actor in a modern film, then all of a sudden he's he's in like a bigger yeah. role. He gets like a he's like the leading man in something you yeah. really he kind of like get to see what he's capable of. A lot like that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Marshanahan and Lismore killed off Patrick Card uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, on Sunday evening. Like it, it's the really- quarterfinals yeah. Waterford on this weekend. Like get in there. It's, it's over. What Friday Saturday is on the high. You recommend watching the game? Yeah, Ballygunner are still one to three or three to one on favourites uh, on Labricks.com for it. You're looking at Dallas then seven to two and Lismore ten to one. But uh, and even yet, like, should we talk about that? We don't mention the the headline grabbing one was Austin Leeson getting sent off for the weekend. Yeah, uh, in the bounce on Ron Moore game. Yeah, um, two minutes in. Well, he he hit the he hit uh, Brian Nolan with the shoulder. Forty forty seconds, fifty seconds into the game, I think it was red card. Like you, you kind of like it is a hefty challenge, like a serious challenge. But you are wondering. Wait, did he hit him straight on the shoulder there? Maybe it's okay, but when you watch like frame by frame back, the referee, there's no doubt like the referee and the linesman, they made the right decision. He hit him, he hit him in the chest, like, and Brian Nolan was down for two, three minutes. Um, yeah, it was like, it, like they, they, they definitely made the right call. I thought it was very strange, like, among like, starting from people like you see them, like, from Waterford on Twitter, they were like saying, geez, you get, you're know, like, you get like a, a standing ovation for a hit like that in Kilkenny, but in Waterford you get sent off. But it's, like, no, you, like you, you can't have hits like that in the game anymore. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe it's one of those. Shoulder you, shoulder. Yeah, when you look at them, when you look at it, it's like the intention is to hit a shoulder on a shoulder 
good hefty challenge but it's just because with head injuries and stuff now it's so dangerous that it, there is a fine line and it is something that I think going forward in the GALO I suppose just the fact that people are it is kind of almost gradually coming out of it anyway automatically but it is that thing of like the only physical contact really in the rules that you're looking at is a shoulder to shoulder challenge mm. that you're supposed to be allowed but it is almost like it's, it's like it's a lot more like if you're going back to a football one or whatever con- uh, comparison it's a lot more dangerous going in for a shoulder to shoulder challenge like that if someone's unsuspecting than going in with your hand and just getting your mm. hand around someone or whatever or pulling them back whatever it is uh, but there yeah it is one of those that it's just unfortunate it's, it's probably a red card if you do come in if you do come in with like that much pace and power and you get it wrong I think it, like it is a red card yeah I agree with that actually because when we we had this argument when Richie Hogan got sent off in the All-Ireland Final last year and you know I felt that some of the kind of vitriol about how much of an idiot he was or whatever at the time was really uncalled for and it made me kind of on his side because I genuinely think he came in for the shoulder Carl Barrett stopped dead and his natural reaction was to try and get some of them, you know, to try and still make contact yeah. so his elbow came up. But to say, you know, to take the whether he meant it or not stuff or whether he was stupid stuff out of it, the duty of care is on the person going for the big physical challenge. Don't do it if you're afraid to get, if, if you don't want to get it wrong and you, you, you know, you're going to get sent off with the consequences of it because you have to protect players. Like, so I think it was the same situation here, really. Before we move on to this weekend game, two very quick ones to mention. One, the Calvin Senior Football Championship. Just want to give a shout out to Shawnee Johnson scoring 1-8 in the first half for Calvin Gales against Mullahorn at the weekend. And I think it might have been, I don't know if he played the, that was the second game of the championship for the Gales, but I think Shawnee missed the first game out injured. So that is That's very disappointing actually, Mark, because you put this into our, uh, our tread earlier. We were talking about what we were going to say. And I think you had a typo and you said that he scored 9-8. And I, oh, was, no. I was waiting to hear I, about it. I had exaggerated. I said 987. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but in like looking at back to I think I showed you the Twitter account. It's so funny, the Calvin Gales Twitter account, because Calvin Gales went into a 113 to no score lead here against Mullahorn, who had hammered Lara the week before. So people were expecting this to be, you know, probably Mullahorn, a young team, kind of on a you know, shot to nothing, but could give a, could have an upset here. But it was just like, if you're looking through the tweets, it's like first half, one minute, point from play, Shawnee Johnson. There's one, there's one stretch here in the middle of the first half where it's first half, seven minutes, point from play, Shawnee Johnson. First half, point from play, Shawnee Johnson. First half, 12 minutes, point from play, Shawnee Johnson. 15 minutes, point from free, from a free, Shawnee Johnson. 17 minutes, goal from play, Shawnee Johnson. <laughs> he scored. So that's one, four in a row. Uh, and then managed a few more points either side of that as well in the first half. So I wouldn't How be surprised if back. Sorry, I was going to say, he was back, he was interviewed with Gaelic Life last week, he said he was back training with Cavan at the start of the year before the, uh, he broke his arm and also before the lockdown, obviously. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him back playing for Cavan in the Ulster Championship later on in a couple of months against Ireland back then? again. Oh, what age would he be now? 34 would he be? I want to say 34 or 5. How are you going to feel when he ends up on the Kildare 15 for 30 on, uh, on Friday? <laughs> People are voting on the Kildare <laughs> team at the moment. I know he's got some votes. I think people are, what they might say down the country is Blagarden, Mark. Uh, but if, he's, if he gets enough votes, he's going to be in the team. That's the way it works. <laughs> we'll take lads in any team. Uh, any 15 for 30 team, as long as they'll have us. But uh, yeah, and also, we want to men- I want to mention the Mayo Football Championship, which is interesting because you have, uh, last weekend, you have uh, but, uh, briefly, with an upset against Castlebar St. Mitchells. And then Padraig O'Hara's interview, which was brilliant for Ballina after beating Claire Morris. 
those lads are going to beat whoever comes in front of them. So, I mean, should we play out the rest of the know. championship? <laughs> the, uh, it's great to see interviews like that. The, 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 one, the, one thing, the, one, the one thing that disappointed me about that interview was Mike Finnerty saying, well, I don't think we need to hear any more from Portugal Hora. We, well, we definitely need to hear more from Portugal Hora. <laughs> what, what are you talking about, Mike Finnerty? Um, like, you, you could see Evan Regan kind of like, but like, lat, giggling, Evan, Evan Regan giggling away next to Portugal Hora as he was like, wondering, kind of wondering to himself, what are you getting yourself into here? Um, how am I going to follow this? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was great because the the game that he was talking about is Ballinas Stevenite against um Macmore. It is a dead rubber. Both teams are already true to the uh, to, to the to, to the next to the quarterfinals of the Mayo Championship. So it was almost like Pajiora was trying to like sell this game like it's going to be on live TV or it's going to be on uh, it's, I presume it's going to be on Mayo GA TV and he's, he's trying to trying to buck up the boost sales for it there yeah definitely I look, I look, look that's thrown that the you know with Ballinan now obviously like I said the brief you win has thrown that wide open so that's another great interesting championship we've got to look forward to but Mick what are the games on television this weekend because there's plenty to there's plenty to keep our eyes over yeah, it's brilliant. It's another great week. Um, I've actually lost it here because I was looking up uh, Dan Shanahan's uh, Lismore tattoo, which somehow we did. <laughs> You're looking up Dan, Chana- Dan Shanahan's <laughs> Lismore tattoo. I'm looking up Shawnee Johnson's age. Is anyone presented this show at all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get it here, but while, before I do, I just want to mention one thing that, that PJ was saying, just for when people are watching these games. I think it was a really good point about Patrick Curran. I remember going to an intermediate Claire, a game in Clare a couple of years ago um and patrick o'connor who's gone clear captain now or was anyway and he was playing like center back for tober and you know he just like stood out of mind you could see how good a herder he was when he was someone that you kind of just like would be there on the county team and you think he was pretty good and i've watched him completely differently ever since then and i think that's the case if you're watching any of these games on tv and there's someone you might just kind of know the name for of but you're not really too aware of them or they're kind of a sub on the county team or they're a you know, a, a, a wing forward that doesn't get much press. This is a really pay attention to them because they are they do show the class at a level down. You know. Yeah, uh, you, had, uh, you had Limerick's uh, third choice goalkeeper Aaron Galland's brother uh, stepping <laughs> up for uh, for Patrickswell on Saturday evening, which that was another incredible game where I was. I've also looked out with the TV games I've chosen to watch because I put I uh, I came in from not spending the day watching watching live sport and decided I put on the last twenty minutes of that and uh, what an incredible finish that was because uh, Patrick's well there were four points down to Doom and looking like the Doom were looking like they were heading straight into the semi final and Patrick's well we happened to go into Sorry, Patrick Gilbert in the quarterfinal, but one 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 in injury time. First, the first, first the goal from Aaron Galan. He had a and like an injured hand was an incredible, just like an incredible catch and turn. He's he's an incredible player in the air. I, I, like maybe people talk about that a lot. Maybe people kind of know how good he is in the air. Mm. He just has an incredible ability when a ball is coming down the middle of the fence to just time that jump and catch the ball. It was an incredible goal. And then he did the same for the equaliser. For, he caught a ball. It was like the ball was it. The puck out was aimed at him and he caught it and laid it off to Kevin O'Brien. Um, which, like, with his injured hand as well. And mm. what I was mentioning, his brother 
Jason Galland, who was the third choice goalkeeper for uh, for Limerick, took over the free taking for uh, for Patrick as well in that game. So another case of someone you kind of see like a name you see on a county panel, don't know much about them, and they're stepping up in like these these like for these club games, and you can see what they're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. I think Aaron Galan, anything that people don't know about him, I think they'll learn over the next couple of years. I think he's probably going to get to the stage where he's getting a lot more attention uh, if kind of his pro- uh, trajectory continues as, as good as it was. But anyway, there is five games on, we mentioned, right? It's uh, four football and one uh, hurling, and a lot of the Dublin Senior Football Championship, uh, which I think people will be interested. But on, T- on Friday night on TG Carter Day, uh, it's the Down Senior Football Championship, which is an interesting one. It's Kilku versus Mayo Bridge. Um, unfortunately, PJ, you were saying we don't get to see Benny Coulter. He's only at a, he's only at reserve level at the moment for average. Yeah, uh, that that that, cool, that goal we saw him a few weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it was in was in a reserve game. Kilku All Ireland finalist yeah. last year, of course. Mayo Bridge. Did Mayo Bridge reach an All Ireland final in the mid nineties? Did they win in All Ireland at some stage? I can't remember. I, I think they were <laughs> probably one I should have looked up beforehand. One to look out for. Uh, in the Down Championship um, this year is Shane McCart. He's a Northern Ireland international footballer, soccer player, who uh, is currently a free agent after leaving Bradford. I know there's a good few teams kind of uh, who are linked with him. He's playing for uh, Glenn in the uh, in he's he's played in league games this year, and he's he's already. I've, I was watching on their Facebook page earlier on. He 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 scored two goals so far for Glenn in in the in the down league, and he's going to play for them in the in the down senior championship this year. Which, uh, wow, kind of an interesting one. It's a, like free agent, no one to tell him what to do. I'm going to go back and play uh, play football for my club. He he's won two Hogan Cups. Um, the school in Newry is it St Coleman's? I think it is. They mm. they, they won they won. I think they won two years in a row. They beat. Uh, St. Brendan's St. Killarney and the Jarlets. Yeah, he's won two Hogan Cups. He's won a Mercury Cup. Uh, it's kind of an interesting one. Like, yeah, what better? Yeah, uh, good way to stay fit for him, I guess, for the summer. I owned him for Bradford in my career mode in FIFA 20, and I have to say, he never gave me any trouble. Uh, there was no issues letting him away to play club football in the summer, uh, and it did in the world of good. So, there you go. <laughs> good to see you. Uh, real life following it. Yeah. Uh, the, the incredible detail in FIFA these days, Mark. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, go on then to uh, the rest of the weekend, Mick. You're looking at the yeah. Dublin Senior Football Championship. It's the last games of the group stages. Uh, and on, they're split on television. They're on. There's two games on Saturday night on RT2, and then there's one on Sunday on TG Cahar, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So on, on the double header on uh, RT, which has been a great addition, I think, even though they had it, I think, last year as well. But uh, obviously, with it being the summer now as well, it's been a great addition. So at five, 10 past five uh, on RT2 on Saturday night, Ballymun against Thomas Davis uh, is followed by Jack McCaffrey's Clontarf, as they're officially known, against St. Vincent's um, at half seven. So, um, yeah, like both of those games should be pretty good. And then there's the third coverage on uh, Sunday at 4.15 of Oliver Plunkett's against Rohini. So lots of Dublin Championship to go on there. We'll talk about that in a sec, but also then live on TG Cahar on Sunday is there's Tipperary Hurling uh, with Kilroan McDonough's against Lockmore Castelloni, them of the um, many county titles recently. Hmm? The McGrath. The, uh, the McGrath. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The many McGraths. Uh, 
I, I was watching the highlights. The uh, they they lost the third of Sarsfield uh, at the weekend, and on TG Carr they had the uh, the highlights of uh, of that game. Monday night TG Carr eight o'clock. If you're looking for some club GA, they, like watch it because they 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 have highlights from all these kind of games that uh, limit in their stream or streaming for for uh, for count for counties as well. Or watching uh, the the the, sp- the spine of that Lockmore Castle Lyle team is all McGrath. It's all McGrath from <laughs> from from full back to full forward. All McGrath, including the midfield duo. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, twenty eighteen, twenty sixteen, and twenty eleven uh, were, were their recent county titles. They also won in twenty four, uh, two thousand four, and two thousand three. So I was a little bit worried that I had that uh, that arsehole, but I knew they'd won. I knew they'd won a few PJ. And that they're full of McGraths. They're the only thing, that, two things I know about Lockmore Castellani. Maybe I'll find out a little bit more on uh, on Sunday afternoon on TG Car. Yeah, the uh, Dublin game as well. Like, say they're all the last games of four different groups, and it's top two go through. Top two go through. So Ballymun against Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis last week, last year in the county final, lost to Scaries last weekend. Everybody, obviously, that was a, one of the headline games given the sending off for the lack of a gum shield after Thomas Davis had scored a goal. So they're playing they Ballymun. Goal rather than a uh, sending. Oh, off. sorry, not sending off. Just to meant to say this goal. Yeah, sorry. Um, they need to beat now because of that win of uh, Scary's beat them and then they're playing Lusk. So you'd imagine that'll be another win for Scary's given that Lusk lost the two games so far. So Davis kind of need to get a result here against Bally Mona if they want to go through. Clontarf against Vincent's, given that Vincent's lost to Bally Bowden last weekend as well. That's a straight kind of shootout between the two of them to see who goes through second in that group. And then Oliver Plunkett's against Rahini. Rahini, big win last week for them against Castleknock, but they did get hammered in the opening game against Kilmacud Croke. So Rahini need to win that uh, against Plunkett's and win it well if they want to uh, guarantee to go through. But then you're looking at Castleknock and Kilmacud. Given Kilmacud's form, they should win that. But because they're already through, you'd wonder, or they're as good as through, given their score difference, you'd wonder, uh, could Castleknock pull off something uh, magic there in that, that other game? It's not obviously televised. But basically, the long and short of it is that all of those games are worth watching. <laughs> And if you don't want to watch any of them, there's about 4,000 other ones that you can get a stream for Fiverr. Exactly. And as we mentioned, there's... Sorry, go on, PJ. I'm looking for recommendations for uh, my next box set after the uh, the Waterford Senior Hurling Championship, you know? Um, If someone, like, should I get into, like, Antrim football? um, Sligo hurling? Antrim football. whatever, Whatever is out there. I think Antrim Football, actually speaking of, I think there's games of that on tonight, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, the, uh, Antrim Football uh, Championship is always well worth watching. I, would, I, would, <laughs> I know you already just mentioned that one as a random throwaway one. But remember the excitement last year when there was like penalty shootouts or was the yeah. free kick shootout or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, they're playing Cargan are playing tonight against uh, Aldergrove and you've got uh, like Lamb Dargan. There's all uh, four games are on tonight. So look, there you go, PJ. There's a, mid- there's a midweek box set for you. Uh, thank you, everybody, that we have to get out of here or else we go through all the championships too. Uh, but uh, there's plenty of GEA this weekend. As we mentioned, there's the, the boxing, there's Champions League. What do we call it, Mick? The plethora of Portuguese, yeah. plethora of football or whatever. Yeah. Go off everyone, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the sport. Thank you for listening. Please do subscribe. We search build up on Balls.de on all good podcast apps. Please rate and review the show while you're there as well. But until we chat to you again, mind yourself. Yeah.